Good morning, everybody. We're rather quiet this morning. Good morning, everybody. I'm a visual learner. So when I see stuff, God talks to me through various different things. It could be a conversation like over here. It could be that a movie that I watch. It could be, sometimes occasionally it's a piece of music. But he speaks to me all the time. And over many years, I've learnt to tune into that when he starts to prompt and saying, OK, I've seen something, unpack it for me. So this morning, I want to take us back a little way, back into my childhood. The uh, Matthew 18 is a well-known verse. You've probably heard it a hundred times. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? This was after them squabbling amongst themselves, puffing themselves up, saying, I'm better than you. I'm better than you. And he called a little child to him, and he placed the child amongst them. And he said, truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one, such child in my name welcomes me. Now, you've probably heard that story many, many times. But you see, the word of God is living and it's active. Yeah? And therefore, he can bring to mind different things when we read the same passage sometime later. Because it depends on our circumstance, our frame of mind, where we are. I read a story the other day about a stern-faced preacher. We don't have those here. Stern-faced preacher. Who was preaching one Sunday in his church. And he was preaching on the tears of Jesus. And he apparently made this statement. Three times we read that Jesus wept. But we never read that he smiled. And from the pew below, a little girl, forgetting where she was, suddenly cried out, Oh, I know that he did! And the serious-looking preacher was shocked, and he glared down from the pulpit to the little girl, and he said, Why do you say that, my child? The little girl knew that everyone was looking at her, and she was understandably a little afraid and frightened. But she spoke with all the humble sincerity that she could, and she said, because the Bible says he called a little child and he came to him. And if, if Jesus had looked like you, I know he wouldn't have been afraid to come. <laughs> it's interesting, isn't it? Our faces can paint a thousand pictures. Our expression... Are we those that when little children look at us, they run away petrified? Do we scare them? Oh, you horrible teachers. I love Mr. Ackerman's authoritative voice when it switches from being nice, nice Phil to sit down, be quiet. So I went to this film, The Greatest Show. Many of you seen it now? And I went there, I'm going to be really, really honest. 
Sometimes I sneak into the cinema for a half hour or an hour's kip when everybody else is just watching the movie because it's the family time. And it's the one place at family time where you can sneak in a little sleep without anybody noticing because the lights are all dimmed. And I said to T, which film are we going to go and see? And she goes, well, we're going to see The Greatest Showman. I'm thinking, what on earth is that about? And I went in, and it was a musical. And anybody that knows me knows that I quite like musicals. So I was like, oh, maybe I won't have a sleep then. And there was a number of points throughout the movie. And I'm getting old, and I'm getting emotional, and I well up nowadays, and I cry. But I found myself weeping through this movie, thinking, what is wrong with me? And so we're going to start this morning, and I want you to imagine what it is like to be a child. For some of us, you might have had a really rotten childhood, and you'd rather forget. I don't want you to think about that. I want you to think about what it is to be a child of God, because that's who he says that we are. What kind of world are we going to make? What dreams, since you got to know Jesus, has he put on your heart? For some of us, we met Jesus when we were very, very young. For others, in latter years. It doesn't make any difference because we're all children. Again, I say we're all children of God. Memories of my childhood. Who remembers the good old phone that looked like this? That used to really frustrate you when you got the number wrong halfway through. And you couldn't just delete a character. You put the phone down, you pick the phone up, and <laughs> Took ages to make, a, make, a, make the, the number into the phone. But numbers were shorter at that point in time. A chopper. Now, I really, 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 really wanted a chopper. But because I was one of four children, and bikes were really expensive back then, I never actually got to own a chopper. Oh. I did when I was about 16, and I found one at the dump, though. That was the pinnacle. And I remember my friends and stuff getting a little piece of plastic and a peg. Who remembers doing that? Sticking it on the back through the spokes and going when you cycled around. So it made it sound like you were on a motorcycle. I used to be a smoker too. Those little candy cigarettes. Do you remember them? It's when smoking was really popular. Everyone was doing it. It's when your uncle said to you, run down the shops and get me a pack of fags, please. And he used to walk into the shop and say, like a pack of 20, please. Well, it looks at you like that. It's my uncle. Oh, no problem at all, sir. <laughs> How things have changed. What are you all complaining about? It's perfectly adequate food. For the kids that don't know, this is mashed potato at its best. <laughs> Ask your parents to put it on the shopping list for next week and then you can come back and tell me if you enjoyed it or not. Who remembers car journeys when you used to be able to sleep in the back, in the boot, under a duvet? When you were going on holiday? No seat belts required. 
Who remembers their parents picking you up in a clapped out little vehicle, could have been a mini, when you managed to fit five people in the back? That was four along the back seat and the smallest one in the boot. These are just memories of my childhood. When you wanted to meet up with a friend, there was no WhatsApp. There was no texting. It required a really carefully honed skill called walking. <laughs> this is how you do it, kids. You walk. And then you knock on the door. And then you go, is Billy coming out to play? No, he's having his tea. Boom. <laughs> and you walked all the way home again. Life was very, very different then. <laughs> Children's television. When I was a wee kid, we had three channels of TV. And the entire expanse of children's TV was 10 minutes a day. How often do we set our kids in front of the TV just to keep themselves amused? And you go back two and a half hours later, and they're still sort of being amused by that wonderful thing called television. We didn't have the same opportunity back then, because it was 10 minutes. I used to sit and watch Bagpuss. Who remembers Bagpuss? <laughs> or Finger Mouse. And that was about it. <laughs> My Saturday mornings used to be getting out of bed really early, grabbing the maggots out of the fridge, getting on my bike, cycling down to the canal, saying, bye, Mum. Make sure you're back before the lights go in the street lights go on. That was it. There was no mobile phone. And we hung out, and we had fun. And I know that we say the world has changed, but has it really? Or have we changed? Has society put so much stuff in place to prevent us from being children? Have we forgotten what it's like to be like that? Well, we sort of had the internet. This was the information gateway. It was called CFAX. Who remembers that? And you sat there for ages waiting for the screen to load to tell you the weather was going to be awful. That was about the extents of what was available back then. I spent a lot of time in my, one of my dad's shops and he had this fantastic arcade machine called Balloons. I used to think it was so sophisticated and high-tech, I thought the graphics were fantastic. Look at it! <laughs> and I was one of the privileged few to get myself a Spectrum personal computer. Who remembers these days? Remember the sound it makes? Ooh, this is how programs used to load. They used to load off a little tiny cassette tape, which used to really frustrate you when halfway through you had a bad bit of tape and the game crashed. And you had to rewind and you had to start it all over again. Well, this is actually a Spectrum loading the Google logo. Look how quick it is. 
Would it do in nowadays? Would we be content with that? Absolutely not. But that's what we were used to. Life had a far, I think, slower relaxed pace back then. Nowadays, it's faster, faster, faster. Broadband speeds. I want to get the fastest, because I need it quicker, and I want it now. Our children have been exposed to this. This is what they know. This is how they live nowadays. They have an expectation that everything should be immediate. There's no requirement to wait, because why would you want to wait? Waiting is wasting time. Charlotte's nodding. <laughs> Prime Now. When I worked in the office, our office in Stratford, we put an Amazon Prime Now order in. I'm not telling you what it was for. A cold beer. It was quite a warm day. And 18 minutes later, 1-8, we had a knock on the door with a guy that bought us not just beer, but chilled beer. And I thought to myself, that's fantastic. But I also think to myself now, did I really need to have it that quick? Jonathan's nodding hardly at the back. <laughs> you see, I wonder sometimes, kids look at us, our children look at us, they look at the way that we example, the way that we live. Is that how we live? Have we already got our children's future mapped out for them? Just a thought. And for those that don't have their own biological children, in this community, I believe we're all parents to the children that God's put amongst us. So we all have a responsibility, whether you have your own children or not. Are we leading them in the way they should go? Because when I look at it, Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. So isn't it about us helping them find their way by tapping into the plans that God's got for them as opposed to the plans that society should have for them? Which says you must do this and you must do that and you must have this and you must have that in order to succeed in life. Because what is success to us? What does success actually look like? This is more high-tech now. For those that don't know, on the right is an Xbox One. On the left is a PS4. Who's seen this logo before? For some of you, look at the grumbles and the moans. Let me educate for those that don't know. Fortnite is a game that's hit the scene in recent months and it's swept over the world. There's over 14 million people playing this game. They were very clever in as much as they made the game free of charge. They're calling it a beta. So beta usually means testing. So they're testing it on the fly. But a typical game for an Xbox or a PlayStation is going to cost you about 40, 50 pounds. So imagine all those kids that don't have 40 and 50 quid, this they can get into for nothing. There are a few in-app purchases they can make once they get in, once the addiction has taken control. 
But even for me as a parent, I've never seen my children so hooked in to this particular game. And if you go and Google it, around planet Earth right now, there's a lot of concern. And I'm not saying you shouldn't play the game. That wouldn't be right for me to say that. But should it consume all of your time? Uh, typical phrases that I've heard, I've wandered down my stairs. <laughs> pick me up, pick me up, pick me up, pick me up. Headshot, headshot, yeah. Oh, you noob. Come on, boys. Come on, boys. Pick me up. Pick me up. Oh. <sighs> Let's start again, shall we? This goes on for hours. Hours. And I'm like, what on earth are you doing? Pick me up. Pick me up. So... A couple of weeks ago, I sat down alongside Elliot as he's playing this thing, and I watched. And as I said, I'm a visual learner. And as I watched the game, I was thinking, they're playing a game, and I've never really been into computer games. They're shooting people. Hasn't that become the norm nowadays? They're shooting people. They're getting in there, and they're smashing stuff up. They smash stuff up in order to build other stuff. So it's destruction, they're shooting people. They die. Then this thing comes across, big purple haze called the storm. And the storm zaps your energy and your life and stuff. And you watch your bar of your life going, Eeeh. and if you get injured and stuff, the reason they're shouting out, pick me up, pick me up, pick me up, is because another player can come alongside, rest their hand upon your shoulder, and revive you. And I thought, that's an interesting thing, because God started talking. So the laying on of hands to revive people, think about it. It is there. Well, you sort of make the assumption, can't you? You can sort of see how it works. The storm. Do we face storms of life? Yes. Does the enemy cause us to find ourselves in situations where we feel completely overwhelmed? Yes. Friends. Friendship. That's how they communicate. They don't need to go and knock on the door and say, is Jimmy out to play today? Because they're all talking through headsets. The craziest thing I saw is when Zach came round with his Xbox, put it next to the other Xbox, got the spare TV out, so then you've got one screen here and one screen there. They're sharing the same sofa. However, they're not talking like this. They're talking in the thing. Pick me up, pick me up. I'm like, you lot are actually crazy. But this is the world that we live in. They've got all these cool bits in there, cool gadgets. This one's called a chug jug. Launch pads. Jet packs. And as I sat and as I watched and as I looked at all these things, I'm thinking, this is not real. They've become incredibly skillful. And I mean incredibly skillful. They hunt in packs. They've got group games where they just move around as a pack and a unit. They all know their responsibilities. They lose hours. 
just for any parent that's interested. If you go to fortnightracker.com and type in your son or daughter's, whatever it's called, what do they call it? Your tag, your name, your game player name, it will tell you how many games they've played, how many hours they've played the game for, how many people they have killed, etc., etc. Useful insight for some parents that may want to have a look at that. John 10, the thief comes to only steal, kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And as I sat there and I talked to, talked to Jacob and I sort of said, really, do you need to be playing the game for that long? I didn't do this as a kid. He goes, it's because they didn't have the stuff when you were a kid, Dad. And if you were a kid now, Dad, you'd be playing this thing too. And I thought to myself, is that a reality? Is that the default position? Are we prepared just to sort of say, yep, yeah, this is what the world is doing, therefore let's allow all this stuff to go on? Or do we bring a challenge in at some point? And I'm not just talking about games. I'm talking about things that distract us. What things do you give yourself to, which, if you think about it, could become a distraction? You see, as I thought and as I watched, I thought, we've got all the super tools. They're also free of charge. They're also available. It's called the armour of God. If they invested the 576 hours they played the game in honing their skills with this, what sort of world would it be? And that was the challenge, the, the, the bit that hit me in the heart. And I was like, how on earth can I cause them to get excited about proper superpowers? How can I partner with God? How can I get them back on track? How can I show them how exciting and what adventures they could have in this thing? How can I sharpen their skills? How could I cause them to practice wielding that sword, wearing that belt? You see, he's got plans. He has got a plan for each of us, old and young alike, and it's never too late. Some of you might be sitting and thinking, well, that's it. Life has already passed me by. I'm not up for the adventure anymore. Too weary, too tired. We've got superpowers, people. Who'd say they're busy if I asked them? Be honest. Somebody asked you, are you a busy person? One of the greatest attacks of the enemy is to make you busy, to make you hurried, to make you noisy, to make you distracted, to fill the people of God and the church of God with so much noise an activity that there's no room for prayer, no room for being alone with God, no room for silence, no room for meditation. We can be involved in really good stuff. But as John said earlier, it was interesting, as John was speaking, I was thinking he's unpacking what I'm about to say later on, which is, I think, always a good thing. 
That intimacy with God. That's when we hone our skills. Jesus did what the Father gave him to do. Why? Because he spent time with him. Spent time in his presence, then went out and wielded his sword. Showed us how to use each and every one of those elements of the armour of God. What distractions do you see? What distractions are in your life right now? Because my prayer for this morning is that God starts to point those things out to you. And I'm not saying cancel all of the stuff that you do, but it's everything in moderation. I'm not saying you should not play on your Xboxes and stuff, but I challenged them a couple of weeks ago in Eureka when I said to them, how about just giving God back 10% of the time that you're currently playing on that? How many young people in here reckon that they're giving God 10% back of the time that they've played on those units in the last two weeks? Hands up. Honestly, you can honestly say you've done that. Hand right up. So you've reduced your playtime by 10%. So you added a bit extra and then took it away again. Very clever. You see, that's the challenge, isn't it? Because I believe that as we start to tap into God, as we start to tap into those resources, as we start to use the tools that he's given us, I want that to spread like wildfire. I want that to spread around planet Earth. I want 14 million young people to be doing that and not just shouting out, Hoodshot. Which pathways do we take? We make choices absolutely every single day, don't we? Do we go this way? Do we go that way? Is this a good choice? Is this a bad choice? One of the things that I instill into my children. Choices are choices. I cannot tell you exactly what you have to do every time. You have to come to that point and making a choice for yourself. Isn't that what growing up in, into maturity is like? You, you make choices for yourself at that point. Sometimes I think we just need to stop. It's very rare in this day and age for people actually to stop and just wait a moment. Because God can speak in a nanosecond and drop something into your spirit as we stop, as we switch off the noise, as we forget about the faster, faster, and we just take a moment to sort of say, what are you saying today? You see, I think one of the greatest gifts that he's given us is this. It's the Holy Spirit. And no, it does not come from prime now. It comes from the creator of all things. Fortnite, I've got thousands upon thousands of programmers sitting there day in, day out, working out how to improve that game so that more people want to play it so that they can increase their profits. They're making about a million pounds a day at the moment, but their forecast is up to about five million pounds a day in the next six months on projected their sales. Oh my goodness. And we have fantastic gifts that are available with one small charge. That charge is making him Lord of your life, as John said earlier. 
making him Lord of your life. And that's when the fun starts. And that's when I think attitude changes from being grumpy old, worn out adults to saying this actually could be fun. This is my adventure. This is the trajectory God has taken me on. And I want you to genuinely think. Think back. What was it like to be a child with all those dreams and aspirations that you had? Just take a moment to think. And ask yourself now, as you've walked down that path, are you where you thought you would be? Because God knows our beginning from our end. He's not caught off guard with where you are right now. But with the slightest of adjustments that he brings, we can get ourselves back on track, pursuing the things that he's got for us rather than our own agendas. Are we those that encourage one another to pursue him? Or, when people come up with ideas and stuff, do we throw the hook out and pull them back in? And I'm not saying things shouldn't be weighed, because they should be. But at the same time, creativity... Oh, look at God, he's a creator himself, isn't he? Creativity is something that he's given us. When somebody brings something that's fantastic and burning in them, is your default position to pull out the fire extinguisher and say, you can't do that. <laughs> Very funny, Neil. <laughs> but do we extinguish people's dreams? Do we extinguish our children's dreams too early on? Do we not give them time to develop that? Work it through with them, pray with them, sit with them, encourage them. And when they get it wrong, which they sometimes will do, brush off their knees like our Father in Heaven does for us and get them back on track again. I believe God's saying today for us as a community, don't leave our dreams in a cardboard box. Let's reopen the box again. Let those dreams bubble up. Let us be childlike in our approach. Let's have some fun. No one's excluded. So what world are we actually building? Are we taking alongside everything the world throws at us? Or are we actually called to be different? Are we actually called to be salt and called to be light? Are we meant to affect our classmates, our work colleagues, our friends, our families? The person at the supermarket counter when we go and buy a loaf of bread. A telephone conversation we may have. Are you living under a cloud of disappointment where somebody's extinguished that thing that was burning inside you? that you believe to be of God. I say get it back out again. Get it reweighed. Talk it through with somebody. And let's see if there's some life in there. 
Do you think life has passed you by and you've missed it? Never too late. Absolutely never too late. Ask Alan Fitch. God restored, restored the years, and he can do that in a nanosecond. Have you been one of those that's been very quick to extinguish people's dreams? Ask God to search your heart. Say, is that me? Because I want to be those, one of those that encourages and not discourages. I want to be one of those that gets alongside and makes things happen. We're not all called to be leaders. Some of us are called to there, be there and support. Look at the guys that lifted Moses' arms. For some of you, you're there to support. For some of you, you're there to encourage. And that point of celebration, where you see God at work, and you see him change the situation, and the testimonies start to flow. You see, to me, I'm fed up of being carried along by life. So I've taken a stand person to sort of say, no, I want to be about my father's business every single day. I have to make that conscious decision to come back to him and stand in front of him and say, what we do today, dad? What conversations to be had? I want to make an impact. I want to make a better world. And I believe if we search ourselves, we all do. Have you got lost in just being busy, doing all the right stuff that you think you should do? Is it God's stuff or is it your stuff? God's given us an ability to dream and we can fall into the mind of God. So who would like to join me in saying together we can make a difference? Together we can. We can change the world. Not because of who we are, but because of who he makes us. If you want to make a difference, let's stand together. Lord Jesus, I just ask you to come now by your spirit and open people's boxes, open dreams, blow on those burning embers and bring things back into life. We want to be a people that are obedient to you, a people that are led by your spirit a people that will actually change the world one step at a time. And we can do that, not off our own abilities, but by adopting these superpowers that you've given us and by your Holy Spirit, which will guide us and protect us and move us on to the next phase.
Amen. Never buy.